me about your background and how you got involved in audio branding. My name is Daniel Müllensiefen, and I'm a senior lecturer in the psychology department at Goldsmith University of London. I'm the co-director of the master's program in Music, Mind and Brain, and I'm a specialist in music psychology and also teach on the neuroscience of music. At the same time, I'm also a scientist in residence with the London-based advertising agency Adam and Eve DDB, and in that capacity, I have been consulting on audio branding, music and advertising, and other music music-related questions in commercial environments. What are your thoughts on audio branding in general? I think that audio branding is a very important tool in the domain of marketing, brand communication and advertising. But funnily enough, often its effectiveness is underestimated and little time, resources and creativity are devoted to audio branding if you compare it with the resources that go into visual design and verbal content. And that might have historic reasons. So traditionally, you would always have a copywriter and a visual creative working together as a team in an advertising agency. But very rarely, there's a third person coming onto the team that takes care of the audio or the music side of this. And in addition, music is also a very hard thing to communicate about, especially with lay people and with the clients. So you need to have a special terminology and maybe understand some of music theory to be able to communicate what you want out of the music and what features the music you're expecting. That is much easier with message contents and visuals where our normal language is usually sufficient. How do you feel about the Audio Branding Congress and what do you think people will take away from it? I think that people will take two main things away from this year's Audio Branding Congress in Oxford. First of all, the conference will raise the awareness of audio branding as a vital part of brand and product communication. And it has had very little awareness with marketers and advertisers in the past, so that is quite an important outcome that I hope for. And in addition to that, the rigorous empirical and scientific research that will be able to demonstrate at the Congress is very important to determine how effective audio branding can be and to deliver some hard numbers so the marketing people actually believe us when we say audio branding is an important part of brand communication. The other thing that people might take away from this uh, Congress is just the advancements and development in how to create and employ audio branding as an effective device. And that would come from examples, case studies and new ideas from practitioners in the field and creatives who are presenting in Oxford. What are your predictions for the future of audio branding? I'm not quite sure what the future will hold for the world of audio branding. Fact is that media and advertising budgets are being cut at the moment, at least in the UK. And things that are being perceived as a luxury or as a nice-to-have thing might suffer from that. And I'm afraid that audio branding at the moment is still in that category. On the other hand, there's an increasing awareness that many consumer decisions and buying behavior is influenced not by rational propositions and messages in advertising, but by irrational effects such as priming, emotional biases, heuristics. And prominent people like Daniel Kahneman or Robert Heath in his latest book give good examples of why audio branding is highly effective. Can you tell us a bit about your research? This study that we're presenting at the Congress was initiated and commissioned by the advertising agency Adam and Eve DDB in collaboration with Goldsmith and as part of the scientist-in-residence scheme that we have established between Adam and Eve DDB and Goldsmith. The study had two main aims. The first one was to see whether we can be more systematic about selecting music for TV ads. Is there a principled way of choosing music when we bang them on ads? And the other one was, what is the effect of music music? 
in TV advertising and how much of a difference does it really make when you select the right music versus just any music that would mean music from the same style and genre performer but not the one that has the X factor in it. And the third question that we had was how do explicit and implicit measures of music effectiveness compare? Do they tell us the same story or do we get different results? What are the key findings you plan to present in your paper? The first key finding from this research is that we can use simple yet effective and rigorous tools that have been developed in music psychology for measuring how well a piece of music fits a given commercial brand. And this is quite important for brand managers because it gives them a chance to reinforce a core profile of a brand uh, or the values of a brand and also to use music for rebranding if you want to move your brand into a slightly different direction. A second finding is that generally music makes TV ads more effective and at least for some types of ads it is important to have exactly the right music as opposed to any music. And what we also found is that the explicit attitudes toward a brand was much more easily affected by the ads and different types of music than implicit attitudes. We didn't see any changes in the implicit attitudes in this experiment, but maybe it is just because they take longer to change and you need several exposures to an ad like you would have in normal life where you see the same ad or communications from the same campaign over several weeks and only then your implicit attitudes would start to change. And last but not least, we would like to thank our sponsor, The Sound Agency. Music